You know, if you're one of those people who has a fear of a certain number, you might want to turn away now. No, no. We're talking about 13 things today. And that's 13 ghosts. Well, actually, I suppose 26 ghosts. (laughs) Because it's a Deja Vu episode today. Hello, everyone. Welcome back to It's a Wonderful Podcast, the main show episode 181 Ooh. ghostly season janine oh we are loving it so much and what a load of quite probable nonsense we have for you today 13 ghosts is the movie we are going to be talking about 1960 william castle directed produced janine it's not been that long since we did our last William Castle movie. No, we recently did The Tingler, which was a lot of silly fun. Um, of course, with Vincent Price, he's the best at silly fun in horror. Um, so yeah, I, I think I knew we would be in for some interesting things with this uh, 1960 film. Yeah, and we have a deja vu today as <clears throat> well with a, a 2001 remake. A very two thousand one remake. A very two thousand one remake. I, I think the 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 most I appreciate out of the two thousand one remake, just to start us off, is the fact that well, the nineteen sixty film is called Thirteen Ghosts, as in the number thirteen, and then the word ghosts. Uh, the the remake is the number th- is the is the the word thirteen with the number thirteen in it. Like, you know how, like, fan-four-stick. Yes. And uh, scruforum, like Scream 4 did. Yes. And this one was for 13 ghosts. <laughs> Which was funny because I searched, like, what streaming service is this 2001 movie on? And I said, okay, HBO Max. I go to HBO Max and I put in on Netflix one... for me. I don't know why. That's interesting. Yeah, see, we have different things on our Netflix. Um, so mine was on HBO Max. So I type in one, three ghosts and nothing comes up. And I'm like, really? So I had to type in T-H-I. No, so I had to type out the word and then it popped up. <laughs> anyway, I'm very excited because we get to talk about a slightly <clears throat> very fun, very tongue-in-cheek very let's call it nudge nudge a nudge nudge wink wink horror movie yeah which i always enjoy which 13 ghosts is which william castle of course is very good at which i'm sorry about yes we didn't get to watch it with illusional unfortunately we didn't watch it with illusional but i've now put a a particular blu-ray edition of 13 ghosts on my wish list that I believe actually does come with the option to watch in Illusiono. Mm-hmm. Now, Illusiono is, of course, a completely nonsense-created gimmick by William Castle, as he always liked to do with his produced and directed films, because, Janine, William Castle believed in everybody having a good time at the movies. Yes, he would definitely be a fan of 4DX. Oh, he would. He'd love it. He'd love it. He's basically, he would, you know, he basically tried 4DX with the Tingler. 
Yes, having the little things. <laughs> yeah. Like Illusiono is supposed to be a filter pair of glasses that you wear that allows you to see the ghosts yes. on the screen. It's that's what it's supposed to be. Um I don't know if it works or not, obviously. <laughs> yeah. Probably doesn't, but that's what Illusiono is. And like you can think you you know that's a fun thing for people. Yeah. To this feel is like they're a part of the about. movie. This is what we talked about in our episode on the Tingler. William Castle just loves the community atmosphere of talking about movies, going to the movies, having a good time watching fun movies. His horror movies aren't they're not scary, they're not intense, they're not frightening to the bone. They're they have fun shocks in them. They have the odd little jumpy scare in them. But they're just fun. Yeah. They ooze fun. They ooze like I suppose lightheartedness, but also it just seemed like Everybody involved is always having a great time making them. You can, the atmosphere created by him, I think, both as a filmmaker on his films and from his films, as in what his films give people, is just one of absolute joy. And as and like I, a movie fan himself, I'm sure. Yeah, I just can't help but love him. I mean, obviously made one of my favourite movies ever, House on Haunted Hill. He's responsible for that. But, and we all know the tricks that go on in House on Haunted Hill and yes. nonsense and excitement that's in that one. Thirteen Ghosts, though, I think. I think this one's on a little bit of another level in terms <laughs> of Hmm, I suppose in terms of... I don't want to keep using the word silliness because I think that's downplaying it. Or not downplaying it. I think that's diminishing it as a competent... <coughs> it's, a, it's a perfectly competent movie. It's a good movie. It's an entertaining movie. It's a, it's a incredibly enjoyable movie to watch, I think. Not, a, not everybody may think that, but I certainly <laughs> think that. It is just so, it's almost, it's almost meta before you, decades before you even started to talk about meta horror. Yeah, like it's not taking itself completely seriously. It knows what it is and it just kind of is content with that. It's not trying yeah. to um, be some serious, in-depth, like, horror film. Not at all, and I suppose I suppose that might be a wrong thing to say because in earlier decades you had like the Abbott and Costello meets Frankenstein and that sort of stuff movies that are quite referential of themselves and the later Universal monsters when they start getting quite silly. I suppose I'll just keep using the word silly, but please. I mean, know I think it works. The word silly is positive. <clears throat> okay. When I'm talking about this movie, that is just I think the most important thing. That you should know. I mean, your your kind of discussion on the tingler, Janine, yeah. or your thoughts on the tingler were 
the kind well what were they if we let's remind <laughs> ourselves um i thought it was very silly <laughs> yeah. i thought that um vincent price was definitely chewing up the screen <laughs> yeah. uh, and just going for it uh, definitely the best actor in that film um but i think everybody kind of knew what it was um and they really committed to <laughs> this as kind of a serious story, even though it was a bit silly. Yeah. And so I think you the fact that everyone played it very straight made it that much more fun. See, I don't think everybody's even playing it straight in this movie. Which is in 13 Ghosts, I mean. Yeah. <laughs> that's what sets it aside. There is people that are playing it straight in 13 Ghosts. And then there is just people that are literally looking at the camera, winking sometimes, going, did you get it? Did you get the joke? Did you get what well, we were going for one person in there? particular was very one much. One person in particular. Oh, my God, Janine. In 13 Ghosts. 13 Ghosts. Stars alongside its regular family. And we'll talk about the story, of course, we will. Margaret Hamilton, the Wicked yes. Witch of the West from The Wizard of Oz, as the creepiest housekeeper possible. And all of these allusions to her being um, a witch, like, oh. Yes. Everybody <laughs> refers to her as a witch. And literally at one point towards the end of the movie, uh, her first scene, she's holding a broomstick and yes. looking incredibly evil looking. And the child, played by Charles Herbert, who is also the child in Vincent Price's The Fly. Ooh. He's pretty good, to be fair, as a child actor. I like that guy. He's quite a... I, th I feel like he's one of those old child actors that you will have seen the face of. Oh, yeah. You know, he's pretty prolific in the 50s, <clears throat> TV and movies. And obviously this movie is 1960, so I, I, he didn't go too further after that yeah. I believe as an actor um, certainly in movies but you will know his face I, I would I would think that people would semi-recognise his face but he refers to her as a witch right from the start yeah. and everybody sat watching the movie is just like eh, eh, a witch she's yeah. a witch of course she's a witch it's margaret hamilton she's the best witch ever yes and then at one point at the end of the movie she just walks into the like the kitchen picks up the broomstick looks right into the camera and winks like give, she like winks giving give a kevin McAllister eyebrow raise and just goes yeah I am a witch. Ha. Nudge, nudge. It's great. I love it. It's nonsense. It's a movie full of nonsense. And I just love that kind of stuff. It's the remake try to have some nonsense in. And you have to you have to treat your nonsense properly, Ginny. You definitely do. Handle your nonsense. William Castle just care. treats his nonsense properly. But yes, I I, I do think that 13 Ghosts goes to the next level of not everybody's even playing this one straight like there is people here that just look like they're just having a bit of a laugh yeah but even i mean <laughs> the acting is not the best but like i don't think you notice it as much i think 
I don't know if it's just like it's an old movie, so you just like let it go. Yes, and you don't really like you. You kind of let yourself just kind of go with the idea of people having a similar acting style back then. Yeah, you expect um, hamminess in a movie like that <clears throat> as well because it's a it's a hammy movie. It's supposed yes. to be hammy. It's supposed to be. It's supposed to be a theme park ride, isn't it? You know, you go on coastal amusement parks on these cheap ghost trains and that's what this movie is it's and it knows that cheap fun ghost train yes it's not trying to be a halloween horror night scare maze it's trying to be <laughs> that cheap and... dollar uh, yeah. ghost fun house at the at the fair <laughs> at exactly. the boardwalk fair <laughs> and frankly i prefer those to a, a Halloween Horror Nights kind of scare maze, it's too detailed and precise that for me. I want a bit of, I, I mean, I always use the word naff because there isn't a better word. In well, no, I, I know you. exactly what you mean. Like I went, I, I went, I was maybe like 15 and I was babysitting um, my stepsister who was maybe like 10 and uh, we went to the boardwalk and we decided to go on this horror like little coaster at like the, the boardwalk yeah. like rides. And uh, it was a super like sad little just like it didn't even have any dips or anything. It really just like went in a circle and like things would pop out at you. And we were genuinely just like screaming at the top of our lungs every time some dumb thing popped out because we would like not be expecting it so we would scream so hard and then just be laughing because we're like that wasn't even scary like the way that guy looked his shitty makeup it was not even scary but just him popping out when you don't expect it was what scared us and then we just look at each other this isn't scary. Why are we screaming? And then something else would pop out at us and we'd be like, why are we screaming like this? This is not scary at all. This is ridiculous. And we had the best time on this stupid little coaster that just goes around in a circle that was supposed to be like this cheapy little haunted house thing because it was just so ridiculous. And that's exactly what this movie was. It is to the letter what this movie is. <laughs> the perfect analogy to describe what this movie is the best i mean my favorite ghost train in a theme park is of course in a theme park i talk about a fair amount on on the shows is blackpool pleasure beach um, it's my closest uh, big amusement park it's got a lovely old ghost train it's from 1930 it's quite a big ghost train uh, but originally built in 1930 has had modifications made over the years, but still retains some elements of pure naffness. Yeah. And it is so, so glorious. But actually, I have a very similar story to, to, to yours, actually. Like, I think the it always fascinated me, that ghost train at, at Blackpool. I would, I would remember as a very young child going... And just kind of stood outside staring at it for a long time, being too scared to go on the ride, mm -hmm. being, being far too terrified of what may be behind that door that all these people would go into in their little yeah. monster carts. <clears throat> the cars on there are beautiful as well. They're like monsters. It's, it's really good. 
it took me years, years to be to able build to build up the courage, yeah, on this. But I, I always think I was fascinated by this one ride, most kind of fixatedly from such an early age. That is the mark of a horror fan, <laughs> a wannabe horror fan that doesn't know it yet. Yeah, no, I that's what was me. I was so terrified of things, but I wanted to be a part of it. I wanted to be in that horror fandom, but I was so scared. <laughs> it took me a while to get here, but <clears throat> years later, years later, obviously, in like I can't remember when it was, maybe 2015-ish, something like that, possibly. I was in New York City with my family and we went to Coney Island. Took big subway ride out to Coney Island. And there was the most fun experience I've ever had on a ghost train, which was very similar to this movie again. I think this ghost train was from the mid-50s. It was really, really jumpy. And like yours, full of like the, the, the actual models. And what was in there? Yeah, we're not. We're cheap. Yeah, they were not particularly good. Fairly but... poor quality, but the timing of it, <laughs> the sound of it, yes, and the lighting of it was so perfect. So I remember going around with with my brother screaming our heads off because I like doing that on Ghost Trains anyway because I feel yeah. like that builds up in for everybody else. You know, if you hear somebody going around a Ghost Train in an amusement park screaming at the top of their lungs. You're, you're coming up behind them thinking and you're like oh, oh what's, what's, what's coming for me yeah yes i like the that. screaming kind of just immediately followed by just like boisterous laughter because you're exactly. just like, this is so stupid and i love it so much i love it so much i <clears throat> and i love movies like this movies like 13 ghosts so much for that very very same reason it is perfect horror fun and everybody having fun within the horror i actually really like the ghosts in this as well like it's such a simple obviously double exposure effect yes and we do get this whole countdown at the start like with each ghost yeah <laughs> and the 13th ghost is a question mark yeah that made me think like oh is, is the 13th ghost is the 13th ghost me is it the audience? Is it everyone? Right. Like you could see them doing something like that. It turns out that that actually has story relevance. The thirteenth ghost, which is quite nice, actually. This also isn't the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo, starring Vincent Price. Yes. As Vincent Van Gool, not to be confused there. Yes. Uh, however, the thirteen ghosts of Scooby Doo is a great Scooby Doo series, I must say. Obviously, because. Vincent Price. Yes. But it is, it's it's a ghost train of of a film. And I absolutely loved it. It was the first time I'd ever seen 13 Ghosts well, for I'm this surprised. show this week. <clears throat> yeah, I, I, I'd seen House on a Haunted Hill, obviously, many, many times, and the Tingler a few times. But it was the first time I'd I'd, I'd seen this. And I just had so much fun. I is not the style of horror movie that everybody likes because some people like to be genuinely scared, which is why Halloween Horror Nights and that kind of stuff is so 
monumentally popular when you compare it to silly little boardwalk ghost trains. Yeah. But for those that love that kind of stuff, it just, it, it's perfect. And I know you have some potentially negative things to say about <laughs> it. So let's do that now. Okay. Well, yes, like I said, the acting's not particularly great. Like, somebody's describing something kind of terrifying that's happened, and then, like, the response from the person they're telling is like, okay, wow. <laughs> and then, like, the edit just fades, and then they go to the next day or the next scene. Like, like Margaret Hamilton's good, though. Yes. Like, she's the Vincent Price of this movie, as he was to the Tingler. Um kind of the one person just going for it and she's just kind of the uh, exposition machine just explaining things to yeah. people um in her very creepy you know stone-faced way um what so, about the 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 basic story then so basic story this family who is struggling um they end up inheriting a house from the patriarch of the family's uncle his deceased uncle has left them this house that's furnished at just the right time because we kind of see them in a state where they're losing all their furniture because they can't pay for it. They have no money and all of these things. So perfect timing house with the furniture. Great. So they decide to, wow, this is great. They move in only to find out that the house is being haunted by these ghosts. The, and these ghosts that the uncle collected Yes. His adventures around the world. So apparently people thought he was kind of crazy, but it turns out like there was actually something to him. You know, he, he put poured all his money into uh, creating devices in order to see the ghosts and kind of tame them and all of these things. Um, also just acknowledge the fact that the uncle's name was Plato Zorba. Yeah. Which is the most... B-movie 50s sci-fi name I've ever heard in my entire <laughs> life, and it fit it perfectly. Yes. What a ridiculous name for a ghost hunter, explorer, collector person. <laughs> Very Plato adventurous Zorba. name. Yes. And you've got Cyrus Zorba, who's the dad of the, the central family. Who I think is pretty good. I, 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 it's, it's Donald Woods, I think is the actor's name. He's in loads of stuff. I've definitely seen him before, but also, as we figured out, Janine, we, we kind of both realized this. He is the absolute spitting image of Dana Andrews. Dana Andrews, yes. Who is a genuinely great actor and very Ooh. memorable in movies we've covered, like Beyond a Reasonable Doubt. But this it's guy, great. not so much. <laughs> I liked him, and I've definitely... I liked him, but he was very him. he was very dry, but it wasn't like he was trying to be dry. He just wasn't to that level of acting. I've That's seen, why he was kind of dry. I've seen other movies that he has been in. So I've seen this guy, you know, in, in movies before. And maybe because he really does look like Dana Andrews, maybe I've also just seen enough Dana Andrews movies that I might be confusing the two. Perhaps. But I quite liked him. I, I, I didn't think he was a particularly bad actor. I didn't think the 
kid, like I said, Charles Herbert, the fairly famous child actor, was bad. No. He's pretty good. I mean, the daughter isn't necessarily the best. I think your favourite thing was the fact that the daughter was called Medea. <laughs> yeah, definitely a very interesting and we all we, but, um... we all know that you adore Tyler Perry. Oh, yes. He's my favourite. <laughs> um, But, yeah, I think... The the wife also wasn't terrible either, but I think just kind of how people reacted to things was very just kind of like indifferent when it should have been maybe more intense. Like the the wife seemed to be the only one who was really like frightened by things, and even then she was kind of like, "You need to come home." And he's like, "Why? You gotta see this for yourself. I can't explain it." <laughs> like it's not really like oh my gosh darling you need to come home it's terrifying like, <laughs> I feel like this is almost you <laughs> wanting a bit more hamminess from this I movie. do I like I really kind of wanted to because you know Vincent Price he's spinning around the room and freaking out and mm. oh my gosh and so I wanted them to just be like we know what kind of movie we're making this isn't um you know, any kind of masterpiece, let's just go for it. And I kind of was hoping for more of that. And they were pretty dry for a family who's being haunted by ghosts, I think. But they're into it. Are they not into it? They wear those goggles. I mean, those goggles are ridiculous, though, I must say. They <laughs> they, they fully look like a 50s B sci-fi movie prop. Yes, they do get flashier the in the remake. Goggles. But, um... Well, just, yeah, just a little bit. Just a little bit. But these ghost goggles that they find in the new house that allows you to see the other dimension, allows yes. you to see the ghosts. I think the design of these ghosts are really good as well. The headless dude with the axe, the one that's just a torso. Yes. is <laughs> good. The lion tamer. The, the lion tamer. Was the lion tamer the one without the head? Yes. The lion tamer is the one without the head. And the lion. It's his head bitten off. The lion's the ghost as well. It's great. Everybody seems... I mean, the hauntings aren't necessarily like, oh, no, we're being haunted a lot of the time. Yeah, like, and I was expecting more of the haunting stuff and more of the ghosts, but we didn't really... 13 ghosts, and we didn't really get that much of the ghosts. No, it was kind of more about who the 13th ghost is yeah and the family kind story. of just slowly discovering things like buck finding the the headless uh lion tamer ghost and having a whole thing with the lion and freaking out about that i mean it's obviously not a very long movie at all is it no. but it is literally it feels like it's a little bit of just a fun showcase of just oh there's, I mean, the poster, I think the ta- poster and the tagline is like 13 thrills, 13 shocks, 13 Yeah, 13 times, times, the, times the thrills, 13 times the screams, 13 times the fun. In that, illusiono. Yes, yeah, 13 that, times the entertainment when you use the new ghost viewer for free. <laughs> and that is it. The movie goes from scene to scene. Showing different ghosts. Once we learn that there are ghosts there and that we can see them, it just goes from scene to scene of them discovering the ghosts. Yes. And you just kind of, oh, what's this ghost going to be like? You're more interested. There's no massive 
detailed story to have to unfold. I mean, sure, we end up being that uh, Plato's Orber himself is the 13th ghost, which is a nice little ooh, twisty thing at the end, I suppose. And his lawyer is somewhat involved. And his, lo his lawyer is involved, who we thought was quite nice, who immediately, oh. and I do mean immediately, Janine, is enamored and in love with, with Medea. Yeah. Literally, the instant they see each other, it's like, oh. Hello. And I'm fairly certain two minutes later in the movie, they're, on when a they're using the Ouija board. Yes. He asks the, the Ouija board the question, is Medea in love? It's like, Hold on a minute, Ben the lawyer. Right. You've known you've been here for three seconds, my <laughs> friend. Calm down. Yes, cool your jets, sir. Um so then they do like also ask the Ouija board. Actually. Yes, they I do also like, ask, are there ghosts in the house? And it goes to yes. <laughs> that's that's a that's a nice build of a scene, isn't yeah. it? Though? You know, you get some intensity there, some ooh, some shock. Mm -hmm. And then after that, it's just a showcase of ghosts, and they're all interesting, little unique characters. These ghosts, yes, they're all doing their own idiosyncratic things that everybody seems quite interested in, if not scared. <laughs> they seem like perfectly fine just living with the ghosts, which isn't the case, I think, in the in the remake. Like no. They genuinely have reason to be scared of these ghosts, and they genuinely well, are scared of their like, ghosts. At least in this one, they like got to kind of live in the house with the ghosts for a while. In the other one, they don't even live in the house. They just show oh, up no, in the that's house, true. And, and shit kind of goes sideways immediately. Um, but yeah, we got to see them kind of live with the ghosts and kind of discover them gradually. Um, like, yes, the wife, she does call her husband home. And when he does come home, ghosts are throwing things out of her cupboard and sprinkling her flour everywhere. And she learns it's these ghosts that, you know, I guess one was a chef and he like killed his wife and her yeah. lover with a hatchet and all of this with a meat cleaver or whatever. So, yeah, we do kind of gradually stumble upon these ghosts and their stories and we get to kind of see the ghosts, you know. Um, meat cleaver nearly kills discount Dana Andrews as well. Yes, um, he discovers the glasses and how to see the ghosts and finds his uncle's books and all of these things. So it's like, this is them kind of stumbling upon the ghosts as you go through the story. Um, and then there's um, a whole plot point of money that's hidden in the house. Um, yes, because they are obviously a very poor family. This has been fully established. Yes, and the will says that they can't sell the house. They either have to live in it or it'll go to the state. So they can't say they own it and then sell it to somebody else. They either have to live in that house or the state. Until they die. Yes, exactly. So, so they don't really have any options. They're just being haunted. They kind of want to leave, but they can't because where are they going to go? And Margaret Hamilton tells him about how, yes, he did find ghosts and they do exist in the house and that um, 
uh, Plato did like liquidate all his assets. He turned them all into cash, but they don't know what he did with them. Like he got rid of all his stocks and, and cashed out all his stuff and took all his money out of the bank. But no one knows what he did with that money. And her and Ben, the lawyer, looked all through the house for the money, but they couldn't find anything. So now there's this plot point of money being potentially hidden somewhere in the house. So that kind of plays into, well, if we find this money, then we can leave this crazy house with all these crazy ghosts. And then when there's money to be found somewhere, Janine, who shows up but Robert Mitchum from Night of the Hunter in his weird car? <laughs> He shows up Whistling. preaching the Bible, yeah. <laughs> killing people like a maniac. Wouldn't that have been very interesting if Robert Mitchum had showed up? What a but... <laughs> radically different change in tone we would have been. Yes, in most definitely. Um, so then Medea does get haunted by a ghost in her room, her windows. She just has had a date with Ben. She comes home, she goes oh, yeah. to bed. Her window is clickety-clacking smacking open from the wind she gets up to lock it and as she goes to lock it some creepy ghost that we had ghost. seen shuffling around a ghost um is, pops out it from is the movie curtain. embodiment of that phrase as well ghost <laughs> yes um just be aware. We, we've seen shuffling around we see them from their feet level all covered with webs just kind of walking then we see her lock this window and that same pair of feet we pan up and it's this creepy looking thing hiding behind her curtain coming for her and so she lets out a scream and the family wakes up and uh she's terrified so um yeah we do get a couple of scares here and oh, yeah there's plenty of scares there's plenty of shocks there's plenty of jumpy moments like i said before yes and um like there's another scene where cyrus uh is taken to uh, he wants to see where um his uncle died and Margaret Hamilton yeah. is kind of explaining once they're kind of seeing all of these things, she starts to explain to them about the ghosts and how he used to hunt them and bring them here and, and all of this stuff and what he did with his money. So then he wants to see where his uncle died. So she takes him to his room and she's like, I never come in here. Um, but I just found him. Something drew me to this room, you know, the next morning and I found him. Um, and so she leaves him in there. He lights some candles and then all of a sudden, you know, the candles blow out and things get spooky in there. And then the bed starts lifting and moving and doing all these crazy things. And so he gets himself a bit of a scare and, and leaves. So yeah, definitely some fun, silly scares that happen to our characters throughout this movie, leading up to this plot point of, um, potential money in the house and them trying to find it so that they can leave. And the, the, the one thing that, you know, the thing I really did like about it as well and i like in the other william castle movies that i've seen as well is the fact that despite them having the tone of very silly movies the effects for example in them are not you know there's there's none of the oh this is such a horrendous movie you can see all the strings of the things that are floating there's none of that no the effects are very well done very well done like, yeah so when the dishes are flying off the shelves and her flowers spilling everywhere like i did i was kind of actually looking for strings and things but i didn't even yeah. you know like even like the bed as well i think the bed yeah. is a really great mm -hmm. prop or i don't know how, you know necessarily how they exactly did it but it certainly looked i mean we get slightly later on in the movie the bed turns into a killer crusher bed yeah and it was really good it was really cool little 
toy how that worked out. But I love I love it when this kind of movie doesn't become a B movie basically and doesn't become like, oh God, look at the harness on that man floating, for example, or something yeah. like that. Yeah. It doesn't become like that. It and he, he's just got a knack of doing it, William Castle, but he sits in that perfect tiny little area where your movie can be silly and stupid, but legitimately well made. Yeah. And tonally light while being a horror movie and having actual scares in there whilst also winking to the camera and telling the entire audience they have to watch it with a silly pair of goggles on. <laughs> exactly. And that's the only way they'll see the ghosts, because that's the main attraction. People forget that kind of... People forget that kind of draw to movies, I think. I think you now you're so into... Obviously, you go watching movies. I mean, why do people go watching the movies they go and watch now? It's because they're familiar with the characters in those movies. Yeah, that's, that's a, true. That's a broad statement, but that's the general gist of it, yeah. isn't it? They're familiar with the characters in the movies they are watching, so they want to go and see those characters. They like those characters. Why did people go and watch this movie? Because for God's sake, they just want to be entertained by some ghosts. Yeah, they want to see something new they've never seen before. Something that doesn't exist in their world or something they've seen a, a bunch of times before. Um, so I think it, that definitely makes it more fun. It makes it more of an experience. Um, yeah. As opposed That's... to revisiting something. Um, it's a I whole new experience. A... I suppose horror these days isn't necessarily like that but you certainly still have your your horror franchises these well you do certainly have your horror franchises these days don't you people people are going watching halloween kills simply because they just like halloween yeah and they like these characters and they want to see what happens to our one of our favorite killers of, you, know, you know i i i would be very very surprised if there is anything over a ridiculously small percentage of people whose first ever Halloween movie is going to be Halloween Kills. Yeah. You know, and even nobody. Like, in, even like the new screen, the tagline is, it's always someone you know. <laughs> yeah. Who is it, Nick? <laughs> you know, it's the new screen. People are, people are going to watch that new screen movie because they've seen screen. Yeah. People watch the... Well, look, there are plenty of... Of course, there are plenty of original horror movies, and that's not the point. People still want to go and watch those original horror movies. Of course they do. But the concept of let's go and see some ghosts on screen isn't enough to get people anymore. Yeah. If you're going to do unique horror... These days, that's why you tend to put one or two fairly nice actors in there. Yeah, people you or like, you want to see. You do it the hard way and just be a really good movie that, that a few people see and then everybody damn talks about. Yeah. 
you know? That is truly, truly unique. Anyway, again, this could be a conversation I have with people for hours and hours and hours, obviously, couldn't it? But I maybe don't necessarily feel here is the place to talk about the current state of horror, even that, because I think the current state of horror is phenomenal. Yeah, it's definitely evolved into something really interesting and um, really fun again. You know, it's not... I think it's been, it's been excellent for the last five years. Yeah. I'm so happy about that. Couldn't be happier. But you don't get movies like this. You can't get movies like this. <laughs> yes, movies. I don't think they would work. I mean, when we're, we're going to be talking about that remake, that definitely, uh, which for, so for whatever reason, it's recently become like this culty loved thing again i don't know this this really remake. yes um it's gotten this resurgence isn't that the same reason. case it's the same isn't it the same case with the the haunting one and the haunted on hill uh house on haunted hill one though? yes and like they they had created like this castle pictures to remake all of William Castle's oh, yeah, movies. Th yeah. I think the only the thing they really but the only thing they really got to was this one in House on Haunted Hill. Um it's probably so, because William Castle's estate or whatever when we're like these movies. You're are not trash. getting it, are you? You're not getting it. No. So um yeah, um I do talk about a lot about the Dead Meat Channel and the Kill Count, and he did a kill count on it, and he said, Yeah, he he decided to do a kill count on it because there was kind of a bit of a demand coming back for that 2001 film and even i posted a video on my tiktok talking about how we were going to be covering this movie that i was watching it um yeah. back to back with the 61 um for my you know halloween watches and that we were covering it on the show and i got quite a few comments and people were like oh yeah i love this movie it's underrated like this is great <laughs> like um and i don't know if it's because of you know this love of matthew lillard kind of coming back like um, they have done. They have done these recent like scream conventions that people have been really or that people have been really excited about. So like, um, and scream talk is like like scream TikTok. I posted one scream video and it blew scream up. Scream talk. Yes. Um, I think when there's a specific like niche of okay. like of, of videos on TikTok, they always just dub it whatever that is. Okay. Um. So like, I posted my video and like a bunch of comments were like, "Oh my gosh, I don't want to ever leave Screen Talk." And oh my gosh, Matthew Lillard and da da da, -da all these things. So, um, yeah, I oh, think these people are finding things. Yeah. So I think you know, with with TikTok and things like that, um, people who loved that era of those actors that were in these kinds of movies i think that is kind of bringing back love for things that maybe they were in that probably weren't all that great so yeah there's definitely a little cult following that likes this 2001 remake <laughs> that that is what this show is all about discovering and showcasing Allowing people to learn, discover, find out about movies from before their time. Yeah. Before our time. That's why we, we do it, because we enjoy looking back. We enjoy discovering these movies. We enjoy celebrating these movies. If people are doing this with Matthew, random Matthew Lillard movies from that particular eight-year period... 
where Matthew Lillard was massive, then go for it. But I would welcome them here to go even <laughs> further. Yes. As you know, I like to do that kind of, of stuff. That's Yeah, I like I discover things, you discover things on this show, and hopefully the people who listen also discover some new movies that maybe they might not have heard of or are reminded of things that they kind of Especially if, if people are watching the 13 Ghosts remake that we will get on and talk about right now. But if people are discovering that, then then realize that it's a remake of something and be interested in watching that one as well. Because yeah. it might be the case that you you have a similar you have a similar I suppose tendency to me where you are a little bit more into the slightly cheaper boardwalk <laughs> ghost train than you are the fancy popular Halloween Horror Nights scary situation yeah like i had the best time on that crappy <laughs> roller coaster on the pier um it was so fun um the best memory the, the best memories every you can have the con you know you can have as many conjurings as you want but you don't remember them conjuring's good of course it is but what are the ones that stick with you the ones that what are the ones that you want to talk about what are the ones that just make you smile and the ones that you probably are never going to see Again, or you've never no. going to see anything as similar again. Too it's... unique. They are yeah. so unique, so idiosyncratic, so of their exact time, exact style, exact people who made them. Yes. That you can't replicate that. As 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 you might think, it's technically not brilliant. You might think it's technically not scary quote-unquote scary which apparently every horror movie has to be scary to everybody now no it doesn't it just has to have horror elements in there and be good at showcasing them some people will be scared by them just because you're not doesn't mean some people aren't or certainly doesn't mean that some people in the past weren't yeah it's all about fun for me it is all about fun for me so if i have fun with a horror movie that is a successful horror movie even the dark, nasty horror movies that you can't really have fun with, if you recognize what they're trying to do, then that's still a good horror movie for me. If, if, if it's simply a horror movie that you cannot possibly have fun with because it's just too horrible, then at least if it's able to clearly demonstrate what it's trying to do, what it's trying to say, then that's still a good horror movie. But something like 13 Ghosts is just a blast to watch. Such a quick watch, such an easy watch, such a just a perfect capturing of an era of and and just one madman of a guy who just loved making Silly movies things. for people to have fun. Yes, and have a whole experience. Um, but yeah, like definitely just a lot of silly things. I will say talking about the acting, um, <laughs> there was literally a moment where the dad character, he's like, oh, I'm going to go check on the kids and make sure they're okay. And he goes and he talks to his daughter and he's just like, hi. And she's like, hi. <laughs> it's like this weird, awkward exchange. Like, they're almost talking like it's an awkward first date, but they're like father <laughs> and daughter. It's just very odd. <laughs> that whole exchange was very <laughs> odd how they performed it. So <laughs> that scene just made me 
laugh because it's like who who talks to their child like hi hi <laughs> like you're gonna um, remember that you're gonna remember that you're gonna tell people about that therefore spreading the word of mouth about 13 ghosts i am i am and i mean it did have a pretty interesting twist at the end um and we do see the shuffling feet that we saw earlier and it pans up only to be bum 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 it is ben the lawyer yeah Yes, who is looking for the money because um, we see Buck, the young boy, he has found some money randomly in the house. So he's uh, um, talking to Ben and Ben's like, oh, you help me find it and we'll get it to, so we can help your family, but don't tell anybody. But really, Ben is just looking for the money for himself. So um, he was always too clean. Yes. Gold was and he's been manipulating things to kind of get them out of the house. And so he could look for the money. Um, he was being mean to Margaret Hamilton. Yes, he was mean to Margaret Hamilton, but he was trying to swindle Margaret Hamilton as yes. well. So Ben, the lawyer, of course, is a terrible character, and he sneaks into the house. He grabs Buck, and he puts him in the bed that moves around and kill a crusher bed. Yes, and he puts on this mechanism to make the bed go down and crush. People, that's how he killed uh, Plato Zorba so that he could get yeah. his money. He crushed him with this bed. And, and I think it's a really unique killing weapon, actually. Yes. A, like a crushing bed. I don't, I've never come across a crushing bed. Yeah, it's like a hands free murder right there. So yeah. he has the bed about to crush Ben so that he could blame it on the ghosts and maybe get the family to leave so he can look for the money. Or, or I think Buck has found the money. So now um, he yeah. doesn't need him anymore. Um, and as the bed is about to crush Buck, Buck wakes up and he's able to get out from the bed. But then here comes Plato Zorba's ghost to seek revenge as he is revealed to be the 13th ghost. He kind of haunts Ben into the bed and Ben ends up getting crushed by the bed only to like this gruesome murder. And Buck is like horrified and like screaming. And then it just fades and cuts to the next morning where they're like, Counting all their money and just counted their stacks of cash. Like, yeah, what are we going to do with all our money? <laughs> like, somebody just got brutally murdered in front of this young boy. And they're just counting their fat stacks. By a ghost. <laughs> yes. And they're just counting their fat stacks of money, talking about what they're going to do. <laughs> just like, what is this crazy cut? Like, somebody was just brutally murdered by a ghost bed. <laughs> and like... Everybody self seriously, Janine. No, and then the next morning they're just laughing and smiling and counting their fat stacks again, <laughs> talking about what they're gonna do. It. It's hilarious. And then we do end the movie with a very cheeky uh, Margaret Hamilton uh, broom and wink, and she's talking about how you know the ghosts are gone, but they will be back. <laughs> and that is the end of the movie. You can never get rid of the ghosts. And they do ultimately decide to stay in the house with the ghosts. So. Of course they do, because they love the ghosts now, because the ghosts killed the evil man who was trying to steal the, all the money. Yes. Uh, you so. can imagine ghost Plato Zorba is going to be their guardian angel. Yes, I'm He's going to sure. be looking out for them all. A ghost lion tamer, he's going to provide some nighttime entertainment. <laughs> ghost the ghost chef beheading is, going, person. is going to cook you some... Tasty meals. Phenomenal spaghetti because I think he was an Italian. Yes. Well. <laughs> then, yeah, the, the guy with the axe is going to 
I don't know. Probably the wailing woman is going to wailing woman. To sleep. <laughs> yeah. It's great. Yes. It's so great. we move on. Yes. Deja to the vu. Should we do yes. the song? Yes, do the song, please. Deja vu, deja vu, deja vu, deja vu. Yeah. So, of course, in this case, I'm always more familiar with the modern remake of a film than its its predecessor. Um, but yeah, we this wasn't one. talked a little bit about. Yes. This wasn't one I had seen several times, but I had seen it like once or twice. And I remember it being very 2001, being very of the vein of the House on Haunted Hill remake as it was both like castle pictures, very trying to be um, yeah. this like alternative, rare, gory, <laughs> like you know, more um, nasty, as you would say, version. I of, wouldn't even call it a that. castle. It's not, it's, it's not dark well, it's much, to be nasty. It's pretty, it's pretty gory. Edgy. It's pretty gory. It's gory, but it's not nasty. It's not dark. <laughs> it's not sinister. It's just edgy. Like, ooh, we're grungy and... Uh, <laughs> 13 goes. It's like, 13 goes 1960s, like... 13 ghosts and this one's like 13, 13 ghosts yes yes very much that's basically this that's one in a nutshell yes so any kind of horror movie that came out around that time and these two kind of castle remakes were very much of that aesthetic I will give um, it credit. It was way more enjoyable to me than the Haunting remake and the House on Haunted Hill remake. That's like, true. significantly more enjoyable. Like, I even quite like the effects in yeah. 13 Ghosts remake. I really do. I frankly hate the house design. People, Why? that is... Is it a hall of mirrors? That it was not mirrors; it was glass. Well, I, well, but, uh, it looks like a hall of mirrors. It's stupid. There's no reflection, so it's not mirrors. But uh, if anything, people really absolutely love how ambitious that set design was. If if they talk shit about anything else in this movie, they always talk about how good that set design was. Just like having to try to work in those spaces, and that's a lot of the time why they had like they play the writing out as like, okay, these are. Uh, you know incantations to keep the ghosts trapped yes but also they needed the writing on the glass so that people wouldn't be walking into them and that you know so it was like very difficult to film in because obviously you know you're gonna see right through something and see people at the craft service eating sandwiches and stuff on one side of something um so i can commend them for being so ambitious with the set Okay, and and having cool. to work yes. around that, and I think it looked really cool, but like it, it was not a practical house to live in at all. No, it was, it just, it, the it, layout was very confusing as well. Like, where are you? What part of the? How do you even get around? Like, it was everything looked the same. All every hallway looked like the same as hallway. Like the attic area where all the ghosts were supposed to be looked like the same as the upper area. So I never knew when I was in the lower area to the upper area. Like it was all very confusing. But I do appreciate the ambitious set design and it was kind of a cool concept but just practically for your story you kind of never know where you are and it doesn't make a lot of sense 
I think the only thing that threw me off was literally, how am I supposed to believe that F. Murray Abraham has lived in this building? <laughs> this is not a house. This is a building. This is a, yes, a very good, a very good set. A very interesting set, very unique set, but it's not a house. It's not a haunted house. It's some sort of weird museum. That's what it is. Yeah. It's not, It's just a build. It's not a house. And they kept calling it a house. Oh, we're going to live in this house. You can't live in that house. No, it was bed? very confusing. Yeah. Where, where's the bathroom? It, you know. Well, we do get a whole scene of Shannon Elizabeth in, in, in a bathroom. Sure, yes. But, but the house in 13 Ghosts, William Castle, was a house. is a house. There's no weird things going on. There's just hauntings going on. I don't re I, I I I get the aesthetic of it. I understand the aesthetic of it. I, I appreciate that, like you said. I do. But there's no need for it to be there. But even if they had made the house part a house and maybe evoked a little bit of that glass aesthetic, but it was still a, a, a house with a layout where you could kind of tell where you were. That's one thing. And then make that crazy attic part where the ghosts are trapped, this thing, yeah. and then Plane. Yeah, the glass exactly. panes keep them locked because there's writing and you would need a glass thing so you could see them you could see the writing you could see through with your glasses and all of these things that would make perfect sense and that's how you keep them trapped and make that basement area so you know when you're in the house above and when you're in the basement area but having the exactly. whole thing be this glass maze was just too confusing you never knew where you were and it was crazy and like the fact that like they don't they don't live there they literally show up there, and the first night is when shit goes sideways, and it's just insane. So and the story's just lasting that whole one night. Night, yes. So we do open with a crazy kind of opening where we get F. Murray Abraham, and he's hunting this ghost called the Juggernaut, and um, I, Matthew I, Lillard is like this spectral analyst who is very in tune to ghosts, and so he helps him hunt them down. Um, and they have these special glasses where you can see them. So then, you know, of course, it's 2001. So you got to have open with your big action scene with all this horror and gore kind of going on. So he has this whole like ghost hunting team and they're all trying to wrangle this ghost. But he's wreaking havoc and like gruesomely murdering all these people. Didn't really get what was going on in the opening scene. I just really appreciated Matthew Lillard's outfit choices. And F. Murray <laughs> Abraham in general, I do enjoy. I like him. He can be a very good, serious actor. But also he can be a, a, a little, bit, little bit nice and hammy when he needs to be. And yes. I appreciate that about it. So definitely was like surprised him. to see an, an actor of his level in this movie. But um, he definitely knew what movie he was in and he played it up. So I had fun with that. Um, so yeah, he is hunting this ghost and, uh, in the process of it getting trapped in one of these glass cases to, to transport to his crazy glass home, um, he is seemingly killed. And, yes. um, then we also get this woman played by Embeth Davids who like her and her, I guess, husband or somebody is like, they are kind of like these freedom fighter like protest people who always fight against him trapping these ghosts because you know that's wrong let these souls be free and live their life live their deaths out i guess i just think there's <laughs> too of much going on yeah it, there was a little bit too much going on that kind of concept can really work 
just in a, in a movie that doesn't feel like it's just trying to be so cool and edgy. And like I said, I actually quite enjoyed this movie way more than those, you other know, other, remakes. Way, way more than the other Deja Vu remakes of horror movies that we've done from around this time. Yeah. I enjoyed this one. I did truly enjoy this one more than those. And this idea of, you know, yeah, freedom fighters for ghosts. Like, why are you capturing these ghosts? Let them live their lives free or let them live their deaths freely. <laughs> really? Yeah. What an interesting concept that is that is wasted in this movie. It totally is. And that character, and Beth Davids is a great actress and she was totally wasted in, in this, you know, but you needed your edgy kind of girl character. And then what they do with her later is just so nonsense. So like this such a good kind of, there were some great elements here and like the, there's great elements here. And there's also potential for some really smart choices that kind of just end up going nowhere. The story gets very jumbly and wasted and um, yeah, some things just don't kind of lead to anything and don't make sense. So the, the story is very jumbled. Um, but they, I think they just kind of wanted to open with a big kind of action set. Of course piece. they did. Of course um, they did. Of course they did. I was just, I was just saying that concept of this kind of you're going up against somebody that captures ghosts for their purpose, and you have your own freedom purpose is such an interesting idea. Yeah. Or a politically charged horror movie yeah it's like an animal activist somebody who's fighting against these big corporations who test makeup on animals but instead of like that it's for these ghosts to live out their afterlives in peace that's why you've got a whole host of subgenre of animal activism horror movies you know they can be giant monster movies whatever you've got environmental horror movies that have that kind of political edge to yeah. them. Most horror movies have that to them because most horror movies reflect the society they were made in. That has always been the point of horror movies, to reflect the fears and the concerns of the society they yeah. are made in, in whatever era they are made in. And it's an aspect and we've never have... really seen. So it would have been cool yeah. to develop that in a smart way, but they just wasted that. And like a smart way to tie it back to the original. Like we just heard that Plato Zorba hunted ghosts, but now we're seeing um, his counterpart, this Cyrus Critico's character of F. Murray Abraham, um, actually hunting them. So yeah. we get to see something about a character that is supposed to be um, invoke the character from the original. So that was a cool thing too, that also kind of just gets wasted later on with just a muddled plot. So um, we see um, Cyrus Criticos, F. Murray Abraham get killed in this whole exchange trying to capture this ghost. The ghost does get captured. Um, and then we meet our family who is going to move into the house, which is Tony Shalhoub and his daughter, Shannon Elizabeth. So of course, when you know it's Shannon Elizabeth and Matthew Lillard, you know what 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 area you're in for sure. You do. Um, oh, Tony Shalhoub. Tony was 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 okay in this movie. I, I want to say I, this movie I, I, came I, I, out like 
he had just booked Monk, and then this movie came out. Okay, <laughs> I um, I like I like Tony Shalhoub. He's, yeah, he's okay in this movie. Sure, Shannon Elizabeth is always doing what Shannon Elizabeth does perfectly well enough. Yeah. Um, uh, Matthew Lillard's doing what Matthew Lillard does perfectly oh, well he's, enough. He's great. He's just giving it everything all the time. He and it's great. He's all got so much energy. Yes. The, Perfect the, for a movie the, like this. Of course he is. The younger son. I don't he think was... he's any I don't think he's good as Charles Herbert from the other No, one. he was very annoying. Um, and then you have this rapper Rod Digga as like their oh, yeah. their nanny, but they're supposed to be poor, so how can they afford a nanny? And then like Shannon Elizabeth is still struggling to cook food for them. So what is the the nanny maid lady here for if she's not? So she's supposed to be our Margaret Hamilton. But <laughs> so I appreciate I... having I appreciated having a person of color in this movie that survives yes. the movie. Like I appreciated that, but like. Did it not, oh my God, feel a bit like, oh God, we've got to put a black person in? We've got to put uh, some comic relief in there who's sassing it up and throwing out some sassy lines here and there. She had that plot point covered for sure. And that's kind of was her purpose in the movie and nothing really more. Um, Yeah, and then we do have our smarmy lore who I actually do think is the one character with the same exact name as his remake counterpart, Ben Moss or something like that. He actually looks even more evil. Yes. Than the other, I mean, the other dude just looked a bit clean cut, not particularly evil, but this guy actually looks like he could stab you to death in his, you know, that's that's his one goal in life is to just murder people. Yes, but he, he actually does like... get he actually does get the best death in the movie. Like, <laughs> yeah, he kind of does. It's 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 not it's not a bad movie. It's, it's just got a the... lot of wasted stuff in there. Yeah, the plot is just very muddled. It just didn't come together. It didn't come together. It just really does not make a great deal of sense. The effects are great. Like I said, like we said, the set design is great. I don't really get it, but the actual aesthetic physicality of it is good. It's very interesting. And there's some really cool shots in there as well. Like there's a scene where uh, Shannon Elizabeth is like finds this really pretty bathroom and she's like primping herself and um, like she sets her glasses down and it pans through the glasses to show what is really going on. Yeah. The room's all bloody and um, you see the, the bloody girl ghost kind of in the tub and everything's just blood everywhere. And she's like, Shannon Elizabeth is like washing her face with this water and to her it looks like water, but in the vision of the glasses, it's all like blood and gore and splatter everywhere. Um, so like, yeah, the, act, the acting isn't even bad. Like, there's nobody's really a bad, badly acting in this movie. No, but it's just it, it makes just... no sense. It's just so sloppy. Everyone's like splitting up and disappearing, and nobody stays together, and it's just just nonsense. I mean, even the ghost makeup looked really kind of cool as well. Um, so it, there was so much potential here, but they just got so caught up in trying to be this cool, edgy thing that it just exactly. Exactly, and that's that. That's oh, the problem with it. Yeah, it's. I, I I'm not condemning this remake as much as I have done others. I'm really oh, not. No. It's it is just. I'm almost more. I'm almost more disappointed than kind of by it. You know. Yeah, because it set I, up I, some I, cool things. It was trying to evoke the the 
concept of the original and throw some new modern things in there, but they just didn't play them well, you know? No. Yeah, exactly. They just kind of went nowhere. Exactly. Which, which is a shame. It's a yeah. shame. I mean, story-wise, it's plot-wise, it's the exact same. Really. Yeah. There's no change to the plot. It's just kind of heightened to this Ooh, well, your ending look cool. And... Your ending gets kind of a twist. Um, like uh, it, yes, F. Murray Abraham. He doesn't really care about his family. Um, he ends up be really being alive. Yeah, um, and not being dead, and just needed the family there to unlock. I guess to ha- get Tony Shalhoub there to kill himself and end up being the 13 yes, ghosts that he needed because i guess there's this whole lore with getting the 13 ghosts together and if you do they fit all these different categories so you're able to kind of see the future or something it's like yeah. very convoluted um and then m beth david's her freedom fighter kind of character turns out she's just working with f murray abraham because she's yeah. in love with him and she got the family there and is like tricking everybody so then her character who seemed like this cool thing ends up just being like this simpy you know, minion, and it's like, yeah, ugh, yeah. It's a shame. Yeah, it's a shame. I mean, I, I, you know, I applaud them for going somewhere with that, and you know, doing their own thing. Yeah, it seemed like there was thing. more of an effort to bring some cool concepts and really yeah. put a lot of effort in production design and makeup yeah. and effects and kills and gore and stuff like that. And it all of that, certainly... I think it was great. But the story is just where everything kind of fell apart. Yeah, it was certainly totally consistent as well. There was nothing confusing there. It all felt like, you know, it always felt like you were watching the same movie. Yeah. There was no strange things happening. There was just too much or too many things happening. Yeah, and the fact that they knew it was going to get kind of confusing as to like the ritual at the end and everything that Tony Shalhoub was going to have to do. That they literally have Embeth Davids like repeating it several times of like what the ghosts mean and what the whole motive is. And then the end, you hear a voiceover of her saying a bunch of stuff she said earlier because they knew it was going to be confusing as to what the hell was happening. So (laughs) yeah, it was just very convoluted and um just they tried to pack too much in there but from a production design makeup effects uh yeah. gore, gore horror standpoint all of those elements were the best things about this movie um and even the actors and even the actors really just kind of going with it Eve Marie abraham just really hamming it up matthew lillard chewing the scenery like everybody just really playing it up i think made it uh, fun at moments like all the stuff with Matthew Lord were probably the best parts of the movie for me um well yes because it's Matthew Lillard in a horror yes. movie he just works doesn't he Janine yes it's yeah but, I don't know yeah probably the best of the remakes like you said better than the haunting remake which was not yeah. great better than house on haunted hill yeah. um so the best of the worst um <laughs> which... definitely I mean, um, look, there are people out there that like those other two movies. Yes, that's true. Which I actually like, like I don't hate ha- House on Haunted Hill, like, because I was Why? very familiar with that one. Um, <laughs> I was very familiar with that one. Like, like again, it was like this with elements that were interesting, but Jeffrey Rush and his, oh. See, but like, at least this one, the acting was way more solid 
Whereas in House on Hunting yeah. Hill, all of the acting was terrible from actors that I've known to be pretty decent actors. So that made it disappointing. The things that they, the like kind of understories that they tried to add with the ghosts in House on Haunted Hill were interesting as well. But yeah, it, it was very sloppily done. It's just tonally such a different movie. Yes, yes. And I suppose in many ways, this is tonally such a different movie, but at least the stories. More Base, or the plot is basically the same. Yeah. Basically. Yeah. It wasn't bad, but I'm 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 in no rush to go and watch the remake, <laughs> the remake again. again. Yeah. I'm not massively interested in learning any more about it, as opposed to I am f- massively interested in just delving into more of the mind of William Castle because I just love his vibe. Yeah, it's definitely your aesthetic for sure. And this is my <laughs> this is my opinion. Only you know there are clearly people out there that. Uh, enamored with the 13 Ghosts remake, and I applaud yeah. them for liking and something. Like what you me. like. Yeah. Like what you like. That is the whole point. That is the whole point of it all. You like what you like, and nobody can say you're wrong for doing that if you actually truly like it and you're not just saying it to try and gain some sort of weird points with somebody. Yeah. Like, yeah, I, I like that. You've never seen it, have you? No. <laughs> Stupid. Yeah, exactly. Make your opinion when you've seen it. But if you like it or don't like it, that's, that's, up, to you. that's up to you. Yeah, like what you like. That's up to you. There we go. Are we going to call it there, Janine? I think so. Well, there we go. Another ghostly season episode down on the main show. It's a wonderful podcast talking 13 ghosts from 1960 and its 2001 remake, which is called... 13 ghosts stupid 13 in the middle of the word 13 which is interesting when (laughs) they do that sometimes it works sometimes it really doesn't work when movies do that with numbers and titles yay (laughs) Janine it's uh, it's not you next week. We only have one more main show in Ghostly Season left. Yeah, I think it's going to be a good one because I think you're going to really like this movie. Mm-hmm. It's a weird ass movie. <laughs> it is a weird ass movie, but it's not like a. It's a movie that takes itself seriously. You know what I mean? It's a. Yes. It's it's not a tongue and cheek like Thirteen Ghosts. Okay. It's just a creepy, eerie movie. But next week, myself and Nolan are back on the main show talking the British anthology Dead of Night from 1945 that's all about hauntings and includes a very particularly famous ventriloquist dummy. Oh, that's always terrifying, isn't it? Yes. The week after on the main show is mine and Janine's last episode of it's actually probably the last episode of ghostly season yeah last episode before halloween who knows we like to type we like to do horror in november as well though don't we so why yes we like to stretch it out we can sometimes just uh stretch it out to then but it won't be ghostly season that is specifically october that 
will be Carnival of Souls from 1962. Those are the two main show episodes we've got coming up left in October. It is going to be so much fun. This, however, is not the only show we have on the It's a Wonderful podcast feed. We have Morgan Hasn't Seen every Wednesday, where it's ghostly season as well, Janine. That always us, every single week. And this past Wednesday, we were talking Stir of Echoes with Kevin Bacon. And next week, we're talking The Frighteners with Michael J. Fox. Exciting things, ghostly, on Morgan Hasn't Seen. We also have Machine Mondays every Monday with yourself talking all the down things monday yep. wednesday friday we have you covered on the it's a wonderful podcast feed find us on anchor apple podcast spotify stitcher google podcast Castbox, and all the rest of them or on patreon if you would like to support us over there uh it's a wonderful podcast on patreon find the tier that's right for you if you are feeling particularly generous we also have the it's a wonderful podcast youtube channel that uh, is there, subscribe, do your notification bells on. We desperately want to be putting more stuff out on the YouTube channel, at least, hopefully, at least one watch along before Halloween and uh, and some more live talk about uh, live discussions about stuff that's going on, movies, TV, all that good stuff that we just love talking about anyway, hopefully, on the It's Wonderful podcast <laughs> YouTube channel. You can find the show on Twitter at It's a Wonderful One. Find me on Twitter at the Purple Dom with the three instead of the E in the because, Janine. Three is the magic number. On Instagram at just the Purple Don. All your lovely stuff is where. You can find me at Janine Debean underscore on Twitter, Janine Debean on Instagram. And if you want to get any merch for any of our shows or check out any of my artwork, you can find all of that at my T Public shop at G9Design on tpublic.com. Well, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, and 13 is you. Janine, I want a ghostly voice, please. Well, you already did a count up. Do I still have to do a countdown? <laughs> no, you don't have to do a countdown, actually. I've just done that. So just a ghostly voice to just say bye, I think. Bye. bye. bye.